think this is the best place you could be in all of all of Barstow on a Sunday night? I mean, this is it. This is the best place you could possibly be in this town on a Sunday night. And I'm, I'm grateful, grateful to be here myself. Amen. Well, we had a great service this morning. Uh, we saw, uh, I mean, we got a lot of people that signed up to maybe help out in some new areas at church. So we're thankful for that. Praise God. God's doing great things here. And what, what are the, man, those testimonies tonight, what about those? Gosh, man, we had some, I mean, houses selling in a couple days' time and cash. We got people coming off of deathbeds. I'm like, man, God is real, isn't he? Amen. God is good. Well, tonight, I'm very excited because we're going to start a series on Sunday nights for the next little while called Son of None. Son of none. And, and maybe you're thinking like, well, son of none, does that mean he was fatherless? No. Or, or it's, it's spelled none. I mean, I thought nuns couldn't have children. They're celibate. But no, no, it's not none. There's a guy in the Bible named Joshua. Joshua, and his dad's name was none. And so the Bible refers to him as Joshua, the son of none. And me and Dylan have been talking even. And we agree that Joshua is just one of the most amazing, tough Bible men that there ever was. One of the, I mean, manliest men to ever live is Joshua, the son of Nun. If you, if you read some of these stories, and I encourage you, man, read the book of Joshua. Read it. It's very interesting. It's not boring. You're not going to fall asleep. I mean, you know, you're not, it's not Leviticus where it's begat, begat, begat. You know, I mean, and we love Leviticus, but, you know, hooray for Leviticus. But Joshua is an awesome book of the Bible. And you'll see time after time again when, when Joshua listened to what God was telling him and overcame insurmountable odds. He conquered. He did everything. And he led the Israelites into the promised land, which we're going to talk about in a few weeks. But tonight, uh, we're going to look at a little bit of an intro to the book and one of my favorite Bible verses, in fact, a couple of my favorite Bible verses are found in this first chapter of Joshua. But before then, let's give you a little history of our man, Joshua. Joshua was actually born into slavery because the Israelites were slaves in Egypt at the time that Joshua was born. So he went from being a slave to being one of the best military men, one of the best conquerors, I think, in the history of the world. And you'll be and you'll agree with me when you read some of this, uh, some of this book of Joshua. But um, the name Joshua, it's a it's a Hebrew word, obviously, a name, and it's pronounced Yahoshua. But if you translate that to Greek, it literally is the translation of Jesus. And the Hebrew meaning is the Lord is salvation. And so you'll see some correlations between the work that Jesus did and the work that that Joshua did in the Old Testament. They both came and they conquered and they led people into freedom. And and there's a lot lot of similarities that you'll see there. But as many of you know, Joshua had been the assistant... To Moses for some time. And, and you can start reading about Joshua all the way back in the book of Exodus. You'll see his name in different military battles. And Joshua, I mean, he was a warrior even back then, uh, uh, helping the Israelites to beat different enemies and stuff. He was just a very mighty man of God. But he took over for Moses because Moses died, as you know, at the ripe old age of 120 years old. And he died, and he didn't get to quite make it into the promised land. But Joshua was the man that was chosen to complete this amazing journey and get them in uh, to the promised land. And so, as we study the book of Joshua over the next few weeks, I mean, I'm really excited. And I know you guys are going to get excited as we get into this. But you'll see what a brave and courageous man that he, he started out as, but he, he became 
As time went on, he became more and more brave, more and more courageous, and God used him in huge ways. And he's one of my favorite men of the Bible to study. And and I'd like to put it this way. If there were a Chuck Norris in the Bible, it would probably be Joshua. Probably the Chuck Norris of the Bible. I'm just going to put it out there, all right? So, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say that, all right? So, but first of all, let's take a look at the beginning of Joshua right here in Joshua chapter 1. So let's turn over there with me tonight. Joshua chapter 1. Let's go. Who's excited? I thought we'd be a little more excited than that, but it's all good. Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to look at the first few verses there, so we'll get you a second to get there. But it all starts right here. And you'll, you'll see that Joshua had some big shoes to fill when he took over and, and started walking into his calling. But Joshua chapter 1, I'll read these first few verses out of the New Living Translation. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. I mean, that's some powerful stuff right there. Just the first few verses. And God says, listen, Moses, Moses is dead. And, And I mean, you know the Bible. Moses is one of the greatest leaders, one of the most mighty men ever. He got these guys out of the slavery in Egypt and everything. He's dead. And God says, Joshua. It's your time. You've got to step up to the plate. You're going to be the one to complete what Moses couldn't complete. You're going to take these people across the Jordan River into the promised land. And, the, and I promise you, Joshua, wherever you set foot, whatever, wherever you set foot, that land belongs to you. You are a conqueror. You're going to go out. You're going to conquer what was meant for God's people everywhere you go. And as we study the book of Joshua, you'll see, I mean, they were, the Israelites, when they, they, had to, they had to clear out the land. Because sometimes God will get you to the promised land, but then there's giants and different things there. There's people that shouldn't be in your promised land. You've got to go drive the enemy out. Some people just, you know, they know that there's a promised land and, and God brings them so far. But after a while, even now, spiritually, you've got to get the sword out and you've got to clear the land. You've got to get the enemy out and take what God has promised you. So they get to the promised land, but there's, there's bad guys all over the place. And they could have said, ah, oh, jeez, 40 years through the stinking desert and now we've got to fight for it? Yeah, you've got to always fight for the promised land. It doesn't just fall on you, you get there and then you've got to start clearing the land out. And that's what Joshua did because he believed the word of God. And God said, everywhere you go, you step foot on it, it belongs to you. You just got to, you got to clear the enemy out. And so believe me, he did. And there's several different military conquests that, that again, that you can read in the book of Joshua. But this verse that I'm going to show you next is Joshua chapter one, verse eight. And this verse Every, every year I, I pray to God before the new year begins. Every year in December, every single year I pray and say, God, what I, I want you to give me a verse that I, you know, that I can just, for the next year, I want that to be my verse that I stand on every day. And, and God always gives me something, and, and throughout the year I'll find out, man, that I know why God gave me that verse for this year. And, and it's, it's amazing. But, but Joshua 1.8 is my verse for 2016, and I love it this verse. I absolutely love it. And, and I'm going to read this, the rest of these verses out of the New King James Version tonight. But Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, I love this. It says, 
God's talking to, talking to Joshua saying, listen, it's your time. You've got to step up. He says, this book of the law, or, you know, we'd say the word, shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And there are so many revelations in that verse. Right? I, I mean, you could just, maybe you've read that a thousand times. But there's about a dozen different sermons in this one verse. And we're going to just focus on one tonight. But this is a good verse, alright? So let's, let's, let's open in prayer here, and we're going to dive into Joshua 1.8. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us together tonight. And God, I thank you that we have a church to worship in. I thank you that we have a family to surround ourselves with and, and, and love each other with. God, I pray in Jesus' name that as we open our hearts tonight to your word, that you will speak to each one here. Lord, you know what each one of us is looking at, what each one of us is facing in our own lives, and your word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray tonight that you will speak to each one here. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. So number one tonight is this, is Joshua spoke the word all the time. I said, Joshua spoke the word all the time. God, all right. Now, now, listen, the main theme of the book of Joshua is this. The main theme is leadership. And anybody that wants to be a leader, I, I mean, I, I don't care if you're just a Christian and, you, and you, maybe you're not in ministry, but you, you're a leadership position at work or something. You need to read the book of Joshua. I, if you're leading a family, if you're just trying to lead yourself, you need to read the book of Joshua. The main theme of the book of Joshua is leadership. And I've got to say, he had some pretty good hands-on training from two of the best leaders ever. Moses and God Almighty. God spoke to him all the time throughout this book. He, this guy learned directly under, under the mentorship of Moses. And then after that, after Moses was dead, God just spoke directly to Joshua all the time. And so, yeah, this is a book of leadership. And all throughout it, it shows you how to make decisions. It shows you how to have courage when things are coming against you, when it looks like you are going to be beaten and you can't win. The book of Joshua, it'll give you some backbone. It'll make you a man manly man or a manly woman, I mean a, a strong woman, you know, whatever you want to be. But it, it'll, it'll give you some courage if you study this book out. But I find very interesting that Joshua's first instructions from God were to not let the word, to not let this book of the law depart from his mouth. That's, that's like one of the first things that, that he said to Joshua is like, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Why, why is that? I mean, you got to go around speaking, speaking the word all the time. And listen, if you go around speaking scripture all day long, I promise you that you're going to have so much Bible memorized. Whenever a situation comes against you, man, you're going to spit some word at it like a bullet out of your mouth, man. Sickness comes, you're going to boom, you've got a verse on it. You know, poverty, something tries to come and steal your joy. Something tries to come and mess with your kids. You're going to have a verse just come firing out of your mouth. If, if you're not letting the word depart from your mouth, if you're speaking it day and night, you kidding me? 
do you realize how strong you will be a gladiator like Joshua? You will be the strongest dude you know if you're going around all the time speaking the word of God. And we say amen, but not a lot of people do this, I found out. I mean, I'm serious. Not a lot of people do this. And I got to say that growing up, I heard scripture all the time. And it, I mean, we need, we need to have positive confessions and a name and claim and all that stuff. But, I mean, the most powerful thing you can do is go around speaking the word of God all the time. And, and I mean, my parents, they did this. My dad's got this little steno uh, book of uh, three-by-five cards that he made, like, in the, I guess in the early 80s, like 30-something years ago. He still has it. He just wrote down Bible verses on these cards. Day and night, man. Day and night. Just quoting verses. Just quoting verses. I mean, you know, back then they didn't have the smartphones and all these apps and stuff. So you got some three by five cards and day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Every time he sneezed growing up, he would quote, when I was growing up, he would quote a Bible verse. Achoo. By Jesus stripes I'm healed. First Peter 2.24. I'm serious. All the time. And I'd have friends come over and be like, what's he doing? I, what's your, so your dad okay? I had some Baptist friends stay the night, and dad was speaking in tongues in the other room. They're like, what? He knows how to talk? What, what, is that another language? What is he doing over there? Is your dad Chinese? What is it? I'm like, no, he, he speak. I didn't know any. I thought everybody did this stuff. Every time my mom answered the phone growing up, every time, she never once said hello. She'd pick it up and say, Jesus loves you. Every single time. And I thought that was normal, you know, that other people would be like, what? What's she doing? And, but, I mean, we just had the word going in that house day and night all the time. And I reaped the benefits of that, honestly. Most, you know, the, you, even if you think you're going to go around speaking the word all the time around your kids, they're going to pick it up. I mean, we may have been playing games or, you know, goofing off or whatever, but we heard the word of God all the time. And I mean, I got to admit, that's a great, a great advantage that I've had throughout life. Different times people have come and said, you know, I, I wish I could memorize scripture like you. And, and I'm like, well, honestly, it's just my parents just spoke scriptures all the time. Anytime there's a financial situation, my gosh, I'll supply all my needs. I'm not even worried. But according to his riches and glory, you know, we'll just we'll make it through this. Us, every single circumstance there was a scripture for. And because of that, you know, us kids, we heard that all the time. This book of the law, this word of God did not depart from their mouths day and night. They meditated day and night. Listen, if you can get this verse, if you can get this truth, I will guarantee you this will change your situation. If you'll do it. Because yet again, I, as I said, it's easy to sit here and say amen, but it's another thing to actually do this. And this will change your life if you'll speak the word of God. Heard a story. Uh, one of the preachers that came in here was telling me a story that he personally witnessed with Kenneth Hagin. And he said one time he was, you know, in, in a small group with Kenneth Hagin and, and a, 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 you know, a, a guy came up and he had just bought a brand new Bible. And he would be honored if, if Brother Hagin would just read a chapter out of this, you know, just, you know, be an honor to him. And so he's like, can you just read this chapter? And he gives him just this not not really a well-known chapter, a good chapter of the Bible, but not, you know, it wasn't the 23rd Psalm that everybody knows or, you know. I mean, it was it was something that most people probably wouldn't know. So he hands it to Brother Hagin and Brother Hagin just politely takes the Bible and, you know, starts. Starts going through it, does the whole thing, hands the Bible back to the guy, and the guy he notices that the Bible had been upside down the whole time. Brother Hagen wasn't reading a single word that he he literally had that entire obscure chapter memorized and quoted it word for word, the entire thing. And he was polite about it and just handed it back to the guy, but he had that much scripture memorized and not just memorized. 
he spoke that much scripture. And that's the big difference maker for a lot of people. You know, there's, there's many applications of the Bible in our lives. One thing is to, you know, to read it all the time. That's an awesome thing to do. We should be doing that. Another thing is to obey the scriptures that you know, because a lot of people, they know, they know a lot of scriptures, but they don't obey very many of them. And then we see how that turns out. But in another application of the word of God is to speak the word of God. And if you're someone that reads the Bible, someone that obeys the Bible, somebody that speaks the Bible, you are, you're going to be a maniac, man. You're going to tear the devil's kingdom apart left and right. He'll be terrified when you, when you get up in the morning. He's like, oh man, he's up again. That's the type of guy that I want to be. And that's the type of guy that Joshua was. That's the type of guy he was. And so I want to point out here something else very, very important. And it's this, this thing that, G, that, that God told him right here. He says, you shall meditate in it day and night. Meditate in the scriptures. Meditate in the word day and night. Now, a lot of people, I guess, don't know what the word meditate means. And I, I truthfully, I didn't know. I just thought to meditate in the word means you, you read the Bible all the time. But that's, that's not what it means to meditate in the word. And, and uh, the word meditate is actually a Hebrew word, hagah. And it's H-A-G-A-H. You can look it up in Strong's Concordance. But, but this word literally means to ponder something by talking to oneself internally or audibly. To ponder something by talking to yourself either internally or audibly. And, you know, it even goes so far as to, as to suggest a, a, a murmuring. And, and, and you know, it, that's, that's exactly what it means to meditate. It doesn't just mean to, to read the Bible all the time. It means that you go around just all the time, all day long, pondering verses and speaking them out. Maybe you're at work. You know, I'm not saying you got to go out and get a microphone and yell the Bible at people. But to meditate in the Word means that you go around just speaking scripture to yourself. And Joshua did this day and night. He walked around speaking the book of the law. Now, one major reason I believe that God told him to do this and that made him such a great leader is this. We have an an absolutely amazing advantage for for memorizing scripture, I guess you could say. We've got, we've got printed Bibles. I mean, if you, I've got a lot of printed Bibles. Who has many? You have more than one Bible. We've got that. We've got these, again, we've got these phones now. You have 127 Bible um, versions and perversions, as Dr. Barclay said, on, you know, on your phone. You can, you can read all these. We've got this advantage. But if Joshua was to, was to you know, get up and, and just read the Bible every day or read the word that he had... He couldn't just carry that around with him, man. The, the, the book of the law, they had, it was on giant scrolls. You know what I mean? It wasn't a leather bound from, you know, Thomas Chain, you know, reference Bible or whatever. He didn't get on Amazon and order his, you know, whatever. No, he couldn't do that. If he was going to have, you know, spend time in the word, he was going to have to get the scroll out for a while, read what he could read. And he couldn't carry that around with him the rest of the day. This is a man that was in charge of millions of people. He was in charge of at least a couple of million people. Can you imagine the people coming to him with questions all day long? The meetings and everything else? You know, I mean, he was just, he had to be a busy man in charge of that many people. He couldn't just carry around a giant scroll all day long doing this. It wasn't going to happen. It wasn't feasible. He had decisions to make. He had to give answers to people. He had, he had stuff to do. But what he could do all day long was meditate 
in the word. And maybe you're in a position, I'm sure you are, where you can't, you can't just sit there with a Bible in front of your face all day long. I mean, you've got a job, you've got kids, you've got, you've got stuff going on. That would be great. I mean, my dream would be if I could just sit like this an entire day reading the Bible, I would love that. That would be awesome. But that hasn't happened yet. So what I can do, though, to keep the word with me all day long is this. I can give me a couple verses in the morning. I can look at those. I, I can read them. I can, I can memorize some verses, and, and that's what you should be doing. And I can meditate those all day long. I can just keep speaking those all day long. Man, you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I walk by faith and not by sight. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The battle is the Lord's. I can just keep speaking verse after verse after verse. And do you realize what that's doing for me? Do you realize the strength that is in that? The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. If I go around doing that all day long, man, I'm going to have a good day pretty much every single day for one, which is great. But I am, I am building myself up for battle. I am building myself up for war. I am strengthening myself. And the people that do this, the people that get a hold of this right here and meditate the word of God day and night, these are the people that have victory after victory after victory. The devil tries his best, but it's never good enough because they're so strong in battle. They're so strong in the Lord. And that's what I want. The, the main thing that I want you guys to get tonight is meditate the word. Maybe you don't have a ton of scriptures memorized just yet. Just start with one. Find yourself a scripture. You know, Psalm 23, one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or, you know, the Lord's my shepherd. I have everything I need. If you walk around saying that all day long tomorrow, you're, all day long you're building yourself up. You're working out all day long. You're getting ready for battle. Next thing you know, the devil tries to bring something in. He bring a hit in somewhere in your life. And boom, you just shoot something off at him right like that. You don't have to go, you know, starting the prayer chain, banging the doors down, fine. No, you've got something right there. You can just shoot on your own, man, and you can strike right away. And that's a great position to be in right there. That is a great position to be in. So, you know, there's, there's a trend I've seen amongst, you know, several of the great leaders in the Bible. And another one that I want to mention tonight in correlation to this, because he did the exact same thing as Joshua is another great man named David. And I want to mention Josh without David, all right? So, some of you guys. But I want to show you Psalm 119. Psalm 119. So turn over there, please. Psalm 119. All right. Psalm 119. The longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119. And first of all, I want to show you verse 97. Verse 97, Psalm 119, verse 97. And notice what David says right here. He says, oh, how I love your law. Or again, that, that would be the word, the Bible does. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. Think about that. Here's another amazing conqueror, courageous, manly, manly man. Another amazing hero from the Bible. And he says, I love the word. It is my meditation all day. 
David, again, was a busy man, an important man, had people coming to him. A lot of the time was on the run, people chasing him. David had all kinds of stuff going on, but he said, I love the word. I, I love your law, God. It is my meditation all day long. David, throughout the day, all day, would speak the word that he knew. He would speak the word that he had memorized and knew. And whenever situations arose, he knew what to do. He spoke the word all day. Let me show you another verse here. Psalm 119, verse 148. Psalm 119, verse 148. Because David also took it a step further, just like Joshua did. It's good to, to speak the word all throughout the day. But hey, what if you could do it all night too? Look at this. Psalm 119, verse 148. He said, my eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. He's like, I stay up at night sometimes so I can meditate the Bible. And can you imagine how good you're going to sleep if you'll spend a little bit of time? I wouldn't mind waking up every couple hours and spitting out a few Bible verses and going back to sleep. You kidding me? That's a great way to sleep. And usually most nights I'll either put on preaching, you know, to listen to all night or I'll put on an audio Bible and listen to the Bible all night long. I mean, I, I fall asleep really quick and I have awesome dreams and I sleep wonderfully. But my spirit all night long is getting the word of God spoken into it. That is, that's a great feeling to wake up to. And if, if I do wake up during the night and I hear the Bible right beside me, man, that just makes you happy right there. And so David, he's like, I meditate on your word all day long. I keep my eyes open at night so I can meditate on your word. He meditated on the word. He spoke the word of God all throughout the night. And I got to tell you, if there's a couple guys I'd like to be like, it's Joshua and David out of the Bible. These guys are men. They are heroes. These are guys that did great things for God and conquered and, and they had backbone and courage and guts and they did what they were supposed to do. They weren't afraid of the enemy. They conquered giants and everything else. And here's one common denominator right here. They meditated on the word of God day and night. Does anybody else think this sounds like a pretty good idea? I mean, hello. If I'm the only one. But this sounds like something that we need to get into right here. They spoke the word of God all day and all night. And the second thing that I'm going to point out about Joshua is this. Is that Joshua did obey the word. Joshua obeyed the word that he knew. He spoke it and he obeyed it. And he was a dangerous man. You did not want to mess with Joshua. And so, again, you'll, you'll see at Joshua 1a, it says, He need to meditate the word day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. There's a lot of stuff to obey there, a lot of stuff. But Joshua, he observed to do and obey according to all that was written in the law and in the word of God. So, if you only occasionally... Read the word. I mean, if the only Bible you get is when you come to church once a week, once a month, once a whenever, whenever you feel like it, that's not enough. You need more than that. You're not going to have it in your tank when you need it. You're not going to have the bullets right there whenever the, the fight comes. That's not enough. Joshua, because he spoke the word day and night, because he meditated in God's law day and night, he was able to do according to all that was written in the word of God. And so every decision that he made was based on scripture. He probably had a scripture of the law to back up every decision he made. 
You know, that's another thing growing up. If I ever asked my question or my parents, well, why are we doing this? I'll tell you why we're going to do it, because Psalm 91 says blah, 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 blah. <laughs> really? Okay, so, so why is it that we're doing this over here? Well, 1 John 1, 9 says this, son. That's why we're doing that. I mean, there, there's all, every decision was based on some scripture somewhere. Amen. And I'm telling you, that was not a mistake. That worked. And so if you get to the place where you can have scripture to back up your decision and you're making your decisions in life based on scripture. Well, I know everybody else says to do this, but very specifically right here, the Bible says to do this. So I'm going to go against conventional wisdom and I'm going to do what God said. You know, I, I'm going to go against whatever everybody else thinks that this is a mistake. Everybody else says this is weird. Everybody else says that, you know, that was old school and that's out of date and blah, blah, blah. And people don't do this anymore. But the Bible says to do this. So that's why I'm going to do it. And I've got a verse right here to stand on. I'm going to do it. And I'll tell you what, you will not go wrong. God's word never fails. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's not afraid of anything. You do what the word of God says to do, you'll win every single time. A lot of people, they think it's always an instant thing. And sometimes you've got to realize that you speak the word for a while, man. Joshua did it day and night. He didn't just speak a verse one time and be like, okay, that's it. What's my next assignment, God? Anything else? You, got, you know, any, any other instructions? I spoke that verse. No, he did it day and night. Night and day. Day one, speaking the word. Day two, speaking the word. Day three, every day of the week. Days probably turn into weeks, weeks into months. And he kept speaking the word of God. Most people don't have the commitment to do that. And that's why they don't see the results that Joshua and David saw. Listen, they, these, these guys weren't just some special guys that had special powers because God just loved them more than anybody else. We know the Bible says that God has no favors. He doesn't love one person more than the next. It's just some people seem to be more diligent in doing what the Bible says. And when we do that, those are the people that everyone, after a while, said, how'd that happen to him? I remember when he was down here in the ditches. I, I remember when he was on a deathbed. I remember when he was broke. I, how did this happen to this guy right here? Because he obeyed the word of God. That's the beautiful thing about the Bible. It'll work for anybody, anywhere. It knows no boundaries. The same scripture that'll work for you right here in California, work for somebody in New York, work for somebody in Russia, work for somebody in Mexico and China, wherever they are. The word of God has no bounds. It'll heal people everywhere. It'll save people everywhere. It'll change your situations. It's just that some people take it more seriously. Some people set their face to it like the flint, and they won't give up. And other people come, man, you've been speaking that, what, three weeks now, you've been just talking Bible verses. What's wrong with you? A month now, you've been, you've been talking these Bible verses for a month, I've seen nothing change. Listen, stand back, something's getting ready to happen. I can promise you that. The battle is the Lord's. And we've got great verses on these walls right here too, might I add. If you, if you may just want to jot some of these bad boys down. But I love this one over here, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Man, think about that verse. Whenever you're tempted to just freak out and flip out and everything's going wrong, listen, God's going to fight for me. I'll just stay calm and let it happen. Why do I need to flip out and panic and everything else? God's going to fight for me. I don't have to fight for myself. If I had to fight for myself against all the things that are trying to come against me, if I had to fight against cancer and all this other stuff, then yeah, it may be time to you know, get a little panicky. But no, the Lord himself will fight for me. I'm just going to stay calm and let it happen, man. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret. God's got this. The battle is the Lord's. 
man, the people that get a hold of this stuff, nothing, nothing stops them. Nothing stops them. They always triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. So get some scriptures, learn to start speaking them, and I'm telling you, obey them just like Joshua did. And what, you know, I'm, I'm noticing uh, this correlation between, between the, the great leaders of the Bible, David and Joshua did this. Jesus spoke the word. Look at the New Testament. Jesus spoke from the book of Isaiah. He spoke from Psalms. Jesus spoke scripture himself all the time. So Jesus is the word. So the word was speaking the word. And that right there is enough to like, whoa, that's a lot of power in one spot. But I also noticed that uh, a lot of our great leaders, you know, this may sound completely random, but I was looking back studying some of uh, U.S. history, and a lot of our great leaders were men of the Bible that spoke Scripture themselves. Abraham Lincoln actually said, I believe the Bible is the best gift that God has ever given to man. He said, I believe the Bible is the best gift that God has ever given to man. I mean, we know, for instance, George Washington, there's this famous painting of him kneeling down and praying right before going into battle with his horse. I mean, that's not, this is real stuff. This is, this is what, again, brought us to the point where we are even in America today. Because guys back then knew that, hey, we're outnumbered, man. There's like four zillion British and a few rednecks with some rifles and some clubs. And that's what the revolution was. They just rounded up some guys and most, a lot of them didn't have weapons. They had clubs and some rocks. And they went out and beat this mighty army but they weren't just relying on themselves they were relying on god also and they weren't afraid to pray they weren't afraid to to speak the word of god over their situation and they did and again that's another amazing victory that took place because people got a hold of some of this stuff now joshua as you'll as you'll see he had some very difficult decisions to make throughout his life anybody in here you you became an adult and you realized man this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. Am I the only one? Because I thought it just meant I could stay up late and watch movies. And, you know, my mom wouldn't tell me to go to bed anymore and stuff like that. Turns out, no, it is not like that. I mean, you've got, you got big decisions to make all the time. And it's a responsibility, man. And, you know, I guess some of that can be fun. But sometimes it's not fun. And Joshua had difficult decisions to make all the time. And as we'll study the book, you'll see that he usually made the right one on the first try. There's an instance or two that I'll show you where he had to go back and say, oops, we should have done this a little bit different. But, I mean, most of the time here, he's just making the right decision, right decision all the time. And it's because he obeyed the word. Now, I'm going to show you a very familiar Bible verse to a lot of you in here, but some of you may not know it. And that's James 1.22. So let's turn there. James 1.22. Probably most of you have this one memorized, but, but if you don't, this is one for you to memorize. James 1.22. So, I want to be like Joshua. James 1, verse 22. And if you know it, you can say it with me. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Joshua could have gone around reading the law from the giant scroll and then gone out and speaking it so he could hear it all day. But he had to do that third thing we talked about earlier, that third application. He had to do the word of God because somebody that just hears the word but doesn't obey, they deceive themselves. 
And if you've ever seen a deceived person, it isn't pretty. I mean, it, it, people all around them often can say, like, man, why, why can't they just see this? Why, why, why can't they just, they're not getting, and, and they're, they're in deception. They don't know. And they think, well, you know, I, I've gone to church, I've, I've heard all that, but they're not obeying what the Bible says to do. Joshua took it to this next level, and it says he obeyed. He observed to do all that was commanded there. And, and he, he made that his priority. He obeyed the word of God, and obviously it paid off. And, you know, it, it, would, it wouldn't have done him any good to just meditate all day long, but not to obey any of the things that, that, he was, that he was saying. And he definitely would have never brought these people to the promised land. They wouldn't have made it across the Jordan River. They wouldn't have fought the Battle of Jericho and won. It wouldn't have happened. But because he spoke and because he obeyed, boom, amazing things happen. And, and you know, one of the, I guess one of the saddest things I see is somebody that's not obedient in little things and they're praying to God for great promotion in their life. And they, you know, they can't even show up to work on time, but they're praying to be the, you know, the department head or the manager. You know what I mean? And I'm not making fun, but I've seen that, and it's sad. And they're sitting there, well, well, I guess God doesn't answer prayer. I've been, I've been praying for this for a long time. And man, if if you can't handle, you know, the entry level position, we don't want to make you the CEO of the corporation and put put a thousand other people's livelihood in your hands. You know, if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. You know, I remember in, in college, Katie and I, I've, I've told you we were telemarketers, and I, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, we had to make a living. So, so I, I was the guy that called you during dinner and interrupted your dinner to sell you encyclopedias. You would then yell at me and threaten me and my mom, then hang up on me, and then I'd go about my day. But anyway, I remember this one guy, you know, that at, at the place, he, he was probably one of the worst employees there. He, he showed up late. He didn't do very good at selling stuff, and, and he, just, he just generally just was not a good employee, but they, they, they had this supervisor position open, and then, man, he wanted this position so bad. And I'm not making fun of the poor guy, but he, was, he wasn't qualified. He had a track record of showing up late, you know, showing up, you know, just hair, you know, in a mess, you know, his clothes in a mess, just, just all disheveled, showing up late, having a bad attitude, not doing a very good job, not following the rules. And then he wants to apply to be in charge of everybody else. I mean, I didn't sell stuff very good. I'm the worst salesman in the world. I failed at that part of the job, but I could show up on time. I could at least do that. And so, so I mean, he, he applied, and he was going for this position. And you know who ended up getting the position? Katie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Katie got the job. And, and so she was, she was my supervisor for a while. And so it was, it was rough. It was rough. But anyway, yeah. And she can sell stuff like crazy, man. She, I could call someone up on the phone and be like, hey, we're giving away free popsicles. They'd be like, no, I don't want any. She could call up, hey, we're selling 50-year-old encyclopedias for $1,000 each. I'll take three. Like, what? How does she do this? But she would, so she would be selling stuff left and right. So they, like, put her this supervisor in charge of everyone. And I'm like, oh, great. So anyway, but she got the promotion. And she was qualified because she did what they told her to do. She showed up on time. She was good at the job. She sold stuff, and she had a good attitude over there. And, and like, that's all they were looking for. But this poor guy was just, you know, he was shaken and crumbled when he didn't get a position. Listen, if you can't be obedient in the little stuff, man, you're, God's not going to put everybody else in your, in your custody. No. No, it's not going to happen. And so Joshua, God gave him this first command. Listen, Joshua. 
You know, meditate in the word day and night. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate day and night. So Joshua's like, well, I can do that. So he starts walking around speaking scripture all the time. And because of it, as you'll see, as you'll see, uh, when they fought their first battle, it says that day Joshua became a great leader in the people's sight. In fact, he became as great in their sight as Moses was. And everybody was like, okay, this guy's the real deal. I respect him now. Because he kept doing what he was supposed to do. He kept being obedient. And so, we need to be speaking the word. And we need to be obedient to the word of God. And, and that, that's, that's the biggest thing that set Joshua apart from everybody else. You've got to be obedient in this little stuff. And Joshua had consistently been obedient to Moses for 40 years before God put him in charge of all this. And you know, know approximately how old Joshua was when he got to take over the helm here? He's around 85 years old. So he wasn't just some young buck, like, you know, he just got out of college and got his degree and conquering and like, here we go. Joshua, it's, it's your, you're up to the plate, man. You got to prove it. The guy was 85. He, he'd, been, he'd been fighting for years. He, he'd been consistent. He'd proven himself and he'd been obeying the leadership for years. And his moment came and he was ready because he was obeying what God told him to do, obeying what Moses told him to do, and God used him. And there's a quote that I want to give you tonight. It's one of my favorite quotes. But it says, the cost of obeying is nothing compared to the cost of disobeying. The cost of obeying is nothing compared to the cost of disobeying. I know a lot of people that say, well, I know the Bible says this, but I mean, I just, I don't think I can do that. That that sounds like, that sounds too harsh. That sounds too difficult. And I'm telling you, man, the cost of obeying, I'd rather sacrifice a little bit right now. I'd rather stretch myself to do what God's telling me to do than feel the pain of disobedience later. Because, I mean, you disobey God's not going to throw lightning bolts at you like some people accuse him of. But you're definitely not going to be under his will. And when you're not under his will, you're not abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. You're out there on your own trying to, trying to do things your way. And listen, the cost of disobedience is far more painful than the cost of obeying right now. How do I know? Man, I've done that a bunch of times. Anybody else? You've done that a bunch of times, and it's like, yeah, you look back, and man, okay, now I get it. Now I see why God was telling me to do that. Now I see why the Bible said that, and I wish I had done it, but hey, thank God for second chances. Thank God for repentance and forgiveness, but it's a whole lot better to just obey God the first time and, and do things his way than find out later why he was giving you a little bit of warning on that. So... The cost of, of, of obedience is nothing compared to the cost of disobedience. And for the next few weeks, we're going to look at some powerful, powerful stories out of Joshua's life. But it's all based on the foundation right here of Joshua 1.8. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night. Day and night. Meditate in it that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will find good success. Amen. So this is the beginning of the study of Joshua. And I'm asking you, come back the next few weeks, please, because I've got some cool stuff I want to show you. God's going to speak to your heart. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and end there tonight. eh? All right, so let's go ahead and uh, there we go. You can go ahead and stand up.